All right, so we got to talk about Disney's new animated film, Turning Red. Uh, what What's going on with it? Should we be letting our kids watch it? Should we be watching it, supporting it, all of that, and more today on Mission Likeness. Plus, we're going to be talking about what's happening still with Russia in Ukraine. Um... I don't know how much of the news you watch um, or what news you watch, because apparently, depending on what what news you're watching, there is the same things happening, but from two completely different perspectives, which makes, you know, having conversations with people really fun, you know, because you get all these preconceived notions of, well, they watch this network or they watch that network. And so you're trying to position how you're going to articulate and how you're going to converse with them based on, you know, what perspective you think they're going to be approaching the conversation from, uh, you know, instead of just being able to have an open and honest debate, you know, we, we tend to, you know, position ourselves based on all of these different parameters. And it just, uh, it just, it just makes having conversations crazy. Uh, and so one of the big things that's been happening uh, lately has been, you know the, the the Russia and Ukraine conflict uh, war. I, I I don't even know what to call it. Is it a war? Is it just a conflict? Is it an invasion? I'm I'm not quite sure. But uh, what what we do know is that there are uh, just devastating images coming out of the Ukraine, and you know we're seeing a whole a whole country just being completely uprooted, and and people having to move to subways to, you know, take cover and, and they're trying to, you know, how do you even, how do you even begin to try to have a normal life? Like this is the new normal for them, for the, for this little, for this period of time. And we, and we don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know to what extent it's going to be. Are they going to have to move further out because of, you know, a, a deeper invasion into the country? We don't know. What's that going to mean for us here? You know, in in uh, the states, you know, we're we're complaining that the gas is high and inflation's crazy, and all of those things are true, and all of those things do impact us on you know day to day level. But the pretty much no one in the United States is fleeing uh, for any kind of purpose, and so this draws some perspective into how we process things. And, and I don't have all the answers on this. I, I, I don't know exactly, you know, tactfully what we should be doing or whether or not, uh, or, and I don't have a stance on what, what we should be doing internationally. But, but I do have some thoughts on, as Christians, what we should be doing here and, and how we should be turning our attention to evangelism into the gospel into helping people stay rooted in our mission within our likeness and so number one i think what we need to do is we need to in and of ourselves we need to be repenting we need to be seeking after truth we need to be seeing where we are falling short repenting of that sin and turning to christ and and I think we will see the Spirit be working through us in in all of that. And so we just need to uh, also just be continuing to pray for the church, not just in Ukraine, you know. And, and 
I see a lot of people just saying, you know, pray for Ukraine, but but there are Christians in Russia too that are are trying to maneuver and figure out what are they supposed to do. And and so we we, we should keep the, the church in Russia. Um and I don't even know how big the church in Russia is. It, it could just be it could be very small, but uh but but who knows what's what's gonna be happening in the near future. We need to be praying for our leadership, whether you agree with them or not, think they're competent or not. Um, they need guidance as well. I mean, they need they need they need help. And and the best help that they're gonna get is spiritual. Um, so so just again, it's hard for us to even kind of wrap our heads around it. And it's hard for me, you know, with with kids that are really young trying to explain to them because they're hearing things at school and they are being fed information and you know just trying to to go through all of that with them is difficult and and I think it's okay for us parents um, or uh, guardians or grandparents or babysitters you know if you're if you're involved in a kid's life I think it's okay to be able to say hey I, I don't have all the answers and that's okay because even if you have all the answers that doesn't mean that you're necessarily in the right on something you know you can be really well educated on something and still do the wrong thing so i think we need to just be there listen uh and, and try to get to the root of you know if there if there's a concern if there's a fear in in our kids life that that we can speak the gospel into that that we can that we can show them from scripture you know who god is and what he's done and and give them a piece of you know you don't you don't have to fear about these things. Yes, we we need to pay attention, and, and I probably need to do a better job at that too. But the big thing is, we need to be able to encourage each other, and not encouraging others with saying, "Well, if if we would just do this, then you know we wouldn't have to worry about things." Because the truth is, any number of things could happen, and what might appear to be good might be good for a little bit and then turn bad. If we're rooted in our circumstances, worldly circumstances, those are all able to be taken away and quickly taken away, as as we're seeing. You know, that kind of stuff can happen overnight. What we need to be rooted in is Jesus and the good news of the gospel, of who is truly in control of this, and that's God. He's, he's the only one that can determine what is going to happen. And he says that there is going to be persecution. There is going to be trials. There is going to be war. There's going to be famine. There's going to be rough times for the church. And though we may need to go through these trials and tribulations for a while, we know the outcome. We know that this is not the end for us. We're just sojourners here. We're just, we're aliens here. We are we are, this is not our home. And so we need to be able to communicate that to our kids. And we need to be living that out too. We need to be the role model. We can't just be saying this is what is happening and this is what we should be doing. We actually need to be modeling that in how we are having conversations with people and how we are talking about things. If we're quickly becoming angry and, and yelling and causing division, that's not what we're called to do. So we need to lead in that realm.
Another thing that I'm talking to my kids about is this new uh, Disney movie, uh, Turning Red. So I don't know when it came out, but I, I think it came out fairly recently. Um, full disclosure, uh, I know that people are going to be um, not open to hearing my thoughts, one, because I'm a man, uh, and and this is told from a female perspective and has a lot of um, feminine themes that run throughout it. Um, and, and two, you know, it's, I, I don't know, like everyone's just going to have their own thoughts on this, but, but I feel like over the weekend I was presented with a situation where my, my boys were watching it and, and within a few minutes of me, just, I, I walked into the, the, the television room where, where they're watching uh, the movie and I just immediately began like hearing red flags of you know, what, what's happening and how they're talking, where their identities are lying, and just how everything's being presented in this film. And so I went upstairs and I was talking to my wife and, and she's like, well, is that, is that something they should be watching? And I said, I mean, it's on Disney. So like, I mean, it can't be terrible, right? So the next day, uh, my wife is like, yeah, so I've been seeing a lot of people posting about this movie. And I said, all right, so... I decided to watch the film uh, because I don't think that you should actually give your opinion on anything if you didn't actually watch it. So a couple of things. Uh, number one, my my official stance on whether or not you should, or Christians, should be allowing their children to watch this film. Maybe. It depends. It depends on how mature your kids are. If your kids are mature enough to be able to see the, the, and understand and, and break apart the 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 story and what is being presented as creative and artistic and just as a storytelling thing versus reality, I think it's perfectly fine for them to watch. If they can't separate the two and they think that you know whatever is happening in the story is true in real life, I would say, no, don't let your kids watch that. If I could go back, I would not let my boys watch the film. But they they watched it, and that might say, again, more about me and my parenting style than anything else. I would also say, if you're not willing to have the conversations, if you don't feel like you're equipped enough to have the conversations uh, about some of the big themes that come up in this film, uh, particularly uh, respect and family and, and traditional family values and... Um, worship and self-worth, um, then I would say, no, you, you should not be letting your kids watch that. I think the bigger question is, parents, are we equipped to have these conversations? Are we willing to have these conversations with our kids? And do we know how to have these conversations? Instead of just saying, oh, no, you're not watching that movie. Well, why? All my friends watch because I don't want you to. It's a bad movie. What's, what's it mean that it's a bad movie? You know, we we need to we need to actually understand why we are giving the directions that we're giving to our kids, and that takes time, and that takes effort, and that takes us putting in the work in order to get ourselves in a position to be able to do that. Now, for the people that are saying we should boycott this film, I would I would just want to make clear 
that if we are going to boycott a film, that means we need to then equally boycott every other film that has any kind of thing that is within this film. So this is not the first film. Uh, this episode is going to, going to include spoilers in case you haven't watched uh, Turning Red yet. Um, you know, a lot of Disney movies present uh, supernatural and spiritual themes in them. Uh, in, in this film, you know, they talk about how um, the, the women of this village petitioned the gods uh, for the ability to protect their village while the men were at war. And so they gave them the ability to turn into these red pandas in order to, you know, protect the village. And, um, and so there's, there's definitely a theme of gods. And then they go in and they say, you know, we don't actually worship the gods. We worship our ancestors who are the gods, you know, it's that kind of thing. But this isn't the first time that this has shown up. I mean, if you look back, uh, Moana was a, a good example where there was definitely a supernatural, spiritual theme to it. The movie Coco had the same kind of thing. Uh, Encanto had the same kind of, you know, spirituality to it. And so if we're banning anything that has a different spirituality to it, there's going to be a very, very long list. And, and by that definition, I would argue that then you need to get rid of anything that's neutral as well. So I would say if you're if if there's any kind of show that is neutral on the stance of God, then then we need to get rid of that too. And, and again, that becomes a very slippery slope. And so that's why I'm not I'm not traditionally for banning or boycotting any any kind of movie. There's also very, very much different ideologies in in the family dynamic. I mean, so so the biggest thing that caught my attention, in this film was the tearing down of the traditional family. You know, the girl in the opening, you know, little sequence says, you know, she's 13, you know, and at this point she can do whatever she wants. It's all about making herself happy and, you know, investing in herself. It's not about investing in the family and making them happy. You know, that's what traditional people do and that's fine, but that's not her. And, and that's a theme that runs really deep throughout this entire thing. So that was kind of the biggest thing that stuck out to me. And I want to talk about the family dynamic um, coming up here in, in just a minute, because while you want to support and you want to, you know, make the family bond strong, you also have to recognize that that's not something we worship. You know, is, is the family bond an untouchable thing? But we're going to talk about that uh, coming up after the break. This is Mission and Likeness only on Love Local. Thanks for watching. Is the family structure an untouchable thing? Well, I think this is, again, where we, we need to be careful. And, and I, I get that a lot of what I say is, well, maybe it depends. And that's because the truth is, is very difficult. You know, it is something that really needs to be looked at on an individual basis. And it, it has a lot of ebb and flow. Not that the truth changes, but there are definite circumstances to every situation. And so 
You don't want to prop up the family dynamic so much that if there is some corruption in that family dynamic that you have a loyalty to it that's actually going to hurt you in the long run. But we'll talk a little bit more about it uh, right after the break. Knowing the principles and values of the businesses and organizations that you support is growing more and more important each and every day. That's why here at Love Local, we are building a community of people that support businesses like yours and share in your beliefs. So if your business or organization would like to partner with us and help us build that culture and community, visit lovelocalpa.com backslash partner and fill out our free partnership form today. back uh, to to the big theme in this film um, I said at the opening that you know some people may not appreciate my perspective because it's coming from a male perspective um, and in the it's definitely a feminine theme you know it's about you know a teenage girl she's 13 years old and then how her mom and you know the, the women you know in this family line have been you know given this gift of the ability to to turn into a, a panda and you know a, a lot of people say like ha, or have been saying i should say you know about the the fact that this is a coming of age movie you know where this girl she's 13 she's ready to enter into womanhood um and and just the fact that you know her body's changing and they're and they're addressing those things in this movie and and the the way that the 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 filmmakers you know, demonstrate this conflict between uh, the girl and her mom and her turning into a panda and and her, you know, hitting puberty is, is kind of this, it's just well put together, you know, and, and whatever the motives are, you know, they, they, it's kind of a pun where the mom is saying particular things and the girl is taking it as a completely different thing because, you know, you have to watch, you know, that part of the movie, I guess, for it to make sense. But as an adult, I think we should watch this movie. That's just my, that's my hot take. If you're an adult, watch this film because if your kids are going to watch it, whether or not they watch it at your home or they watch it in someone else's home, this is, this is a movie that's going to be talked about quite a bit. So I would say go out and watch the film. Now, with that, you again, we need to, you know, be able on our end to to see where where inconsistencies come up with how we as Christians view different aspects of life. So the family dynamic, like I said, was something that is, you know, very much, uh, at the center point of conflict in this film. You know, it's not just the fact that this girl's 13 and she wants to do what she wants. It's very much so, you know, how uh, the one the one part in the film, the girl is trying to, to decide, you know, should I go with my friends and disobey my parents or should I, you know, obey my parents? And it's interesting how just the dialogue that happens 
And essentially the girl says, while I don't want to disappoint my mom, it would be, it would hurt me even more to disappoint my friends. And now I, I just want to say this. You also have to remember the audience that this movie is targeted at. It's targeted towards kids, probably in that 13-ish age, um, and, and probably younger. I mean, my boys were younger, uh, much younger than 13. And so you have to wonder, you know, what is the point? You know, typically, at least in the past, you know, especially dealing with young characters, what would happen in a film is they present the, the character's point of view. And at some point throughout the character's journey, they learn and they become wise and, and they're faced with a decision whether they're going to stick to what their old self was or are they going to achieve that, that level of wisdom and they're going to take that next step that's going to transform their lives in, in, in the hero's journey of, of a script. What happens in this film is a very distinct moment towards the end of the film where the girl is given a second opportunity to let go of this, um, I don't know if it's a curse, I don't know what it's really called, but it's, it's this ability to turn into a panda. And you only have this like opportunity once. Um, as I was Actually, as I was explaining this film to my wife last night, Saying these things out loud seem a little ridiculous, but I guess to kids, you know, it's it's the imaginative ability ability that they have. You know, sometimes we as adults get so so distracted and so brought down by the mundaneness and and all of the the adulting things that happen in life that it's it can be hard for us, you know, to think that you know how could this how could a, a movie like this be entertaining, but. From a production standpoint, the the movie was beautiful. It was it was really well done. The the animation was you know fantastic. Anyways, so I'm I'm explaining to my wife and and, and she's like I I just I don't see the appeal to it. But there's there's funny parts you know in in the film. Uh, Disney knows really well how to how to keep kids' attention throughout it. So so this girl has the opportunity to to go back. And so the first time she has the opportunity, you know, her family's very much, you know, get rid of the panda, like trap its spirit, whatever it is. And and you can be rid of this inconvenience. Um and the girl decides not to go through with it. And then that brings about a whole litany of different things that happen where you know all of the other women in the family all turn into pandas and they're trying to save her and all this other stuff. So all the women in the family eventually give back their, you know, they do the incantation and, you know, they have the the shama uh, who, who performs the act where, you know, they all go back. So the, the girl who already once defied, you know, her her family's wishes is now presented with the second opportunity. So remember I said in the opening of the film, and I get that I'm all over the place with this, but uh, in the opening of the film, you know, the girl said, you know, I'm 13 years old and, you know, I, I want to do what I want. You know, it's about investing in me. It's about, it's all about me, essentially, is what she's saying. And I get it. That's what 13-year-olds are, are are going through. That's their life. That is what they live for. They live for their friends. They live for boy bands. Like that's all normal. That's, I get it. It's fine. Um, I mean, it's not fine, but it, it's what, it's what culture, you know, deems that's what girls should do at that age. And so 
again, that's not new. That is something that's been in every every you know movie that's about teenage girls. They they love boy bands. They love their friends, and there's always conflict with the parent because they're growing up and they're really pushing boundaries. So she's faced with this opportunity the second time, and she again decides she's going to do what she wants, and she's going to keep her ability to turn into a panda, or however they state it. So not just once, but twice, she she defies. Now, typically, again, typically, um, that would be a pivot in, in the storyline, where the character takes the wisdom that she has obtained and progresses in, in, in life. Now, here... The whole point of the, the film was she's going to invest in herself, and essentially she just continues to do that in the end. The weird thing is there's no consequence for it. Essentially, what I got from the film, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but this is just what I got. This girl at 13 um, finds out she has this ability. She wants to only do what she wants to do. She does that. She defies parents and family wishes throughout the entire film. We get to the end of the film, and she has one last chance to to abide and and fall under the the parental rule of her parents, which we as believers would say is an important thing for for kids to submit to their parents. And she says, no, I'm not going to do it. And then it goes into, and everything works out. So no problems. She did exactly what she wanted to do. Mom and dad realized that, you know, they should just let her do what she wants as well. So here we have a 13-year-old that pretty much just tells her parents exactly what they need to do. Now, other things in this film that I found um, less than less than great um, is, and I get that they probably do this for comedic purposes, but I think they're also doing it because they know how impressionable kids are. And we are in a time where we are trying to get kids to push back a little bit more against their parents. You know, we're we're seeing things popping up in the school districts and, and in the and in schools and in other forms of media where it's like, ah, you should let kids do what kids want to do. And they're really attacking parents in a way. That's why I said as parents, we need to be ready to have these conversations. And I don't even know if I'm ready for them. I'm trying. I'm trying to get ready. My wife and I are trying to get ready for these conversations, but but they're really hard to have. You know, especially my my oldest son's eight. And so we we haven't had a lot of these conversations yet. But they're coming. So they exaggerate circumstances, you know, and I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't families that are like this, but the one thing that stuck out to me, um, again, spoiler alerts in the movie, if you haven't watched it yet, if, and if you if you care about spoiler alerts, I guess, um, I don't. But, uh, you know, the, the parents, specifically the mother in this film, is, is your overbearing and setting expectations that the child feels like they can never meet kind of mom. You know, in the girl's room, there's a... a a series of posters that says work or study, work, listen, listen, work, study. You know, it's it's very much driven home that the parents only care about performance. They don't really care about the relationship. They don't really care about connecting. Like, 
their form of connecting with them is obedience. Like you do, you have to earn it. Like if you're not getting good grades, then you're not being a good kid. If you're not working hard, then you're not being a good kid. And another thing that stuck out to me in this film was how compassionate the the kids' friends were and how uncompassionate the family seemed. You know, in in the course of the film, there there comes a point where the the situation is they're they're trying to raise money uh, to to go to a concert, a boy a boy band concert or whatever. And um, I forget exactly the the circumstances around it, but the kids were saying like, oh, like we don't care if you're a panda, like we love you no matter what, and and we'll always love you. And then the girls like, oh, well, I love you guys. The interesting thing was. I don't believe that there is ever a moment in the film where the mother or father just tell the daughter that they love her. I don't think that that ever happens in the film. It definitely did not happen up until this point. And so the big thing that stuck out to me was, okay, so now we are setting the stage where we're making it look like parents just don't love their kids. And like it, and, and, but your friends will always be there for you. And I don't know. I mean, I went to school and, you know, friends, friends kind of dump friends all the time. Um, you know, friends that you're friends with in first grade aren't the kids that you're friends with in second grade. I mean, so it's setting up something that is, um, you know, very, uh, weak, we'll say. But then there's, then I'm faced with this idea of, okay, so, we don't want to hold up the family dynamic as this untouchable thing. Like we can never have or never show issues within the family because that runs a, a really dangerous risk as well because we know that there are families that are very um, dysfunctional. They're, they're abusive. They, um, they're, ju- they're just not good. And, and then we know that there, there's there's broken families and there's different circumstances around all of these different things. And and that's not to put anyone in in a category of feeling shame or anything, but there, there's, that's just the reality of our world. We, we are in a fallen world. And because of that, everything is jacked up. Even two parent families and and, and the kids all belong to, to, this, to the parents, that doesn't mean that you're in a good family. You know, that, that's not the prerequisite. But we need to understand that just because our world is jacked up, that doesn't mean that we get to make up our own rules when it comes to what we should be striving for. Our mission is the same. But that doesn't also mean that we can't portray families that have issues because every family has issues. There's not a single family that doesn't have an issue. I don't know of one. I mean, my family, you know, my wife and two boys and, and our two cats, I'll throw those, our two cats in there too. Um, we have issues. Like every day we have issues and we, and those things need to be addressed. And so we need to, again, just get back into the practice of, okay, so we know that we live in this fallen world. We know that we're going to be having, um, these different situations coming up. So how, how do we stay on mission? How do we stay in the likeness of Christ and actually do battle against all of these different things? And that's a big thing. So, you know, Jesus even said in his life, you know, 
who's my mother? You know, who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? Those that are here are my family. And so I think one thing that we need to be willing to discuss and, and willing to have conversations around our table is the importance of family. And and families come in a lot of different um we'll say shapes and sizes. You know, there, there's a lot of different elements that make up a family. But as believers, I think we need to first recognize that we are in God's family. Like we have been adopted into the church. The church is the family of believers. And and that should carry weight in our lives. If we're not at all concerned about our family of believers, then that's going to be a problem. And and we should have a family of believers who care about our family. You know, if you're if you're not in a situation where you're pouring into other families and other families are pouring into you, then then that can that can be a red flag. I mean, I I love the fact that that we have a group of friends whom really are just extended family because we're all believers in Christ, and that's not to diminish you know the traditional family dynamic, but but we're we're part of a bigger family than even just blood. Okay, and so we need to realize that as well. And so that dynamic is so important. So how does this all all come together? And and I, I've said this before, but as we're in community with people, if how I'm directing my kids and, and the principles and values that I'm trying to teach my children are the same values and principles that other moms and dads in our church are communicating. And those are the values and principles that are found in Scripture. If we are all working diligently in our own homes to present those values, to live out those values, to demonstrate those values to our kids, when they go over to you know our friend's house, we're all hanging out. If my ch- if if my children need to be corrected by someone else, they're going to be corrected again, reinforcing those same values, those same principles, time and time again. And I think that is that is the biblical way that one we pour into our kids because we're all unified in what we should be what we should be living out today, how we should be acting, how we should be treating others, how we should be serving, our attitude towards things, our, how our hearts should be positioned. Because as we're serving Christ throughout the community, whether that's having dinner with another family and we're just in fellowship with them, or we're on mission to, to evangelize and witness to other people, or we're going through a trial where we need to rely on God to provide in a certain situation or, or to give peace or comfort in a situation, our children are seeing that. And if they see that we're not just isolated, that we're not, that we're not alone in that, but that we have a community, we have a family of followers of Jesus who are willing to come in and partner with us every step of the way, what better way to demonstrate the gospel? What better way to, to live out our mission? So that's something that we really need to, to focus on. That's something we need to begin practicing. And if you don't have kids, that doesn't mean that you don't 
uh, have to have to do that as well. I mean, you still need to be living that out. So it goes back to how are we viewing the gospel in our own lives? How are we viewing? How has the gospel transformed us? What has the gospel taken us from and, and pointed us to? The gospel has taken us out of the dysfunction of this world and rooted us in Christ. That's not something we can do on our own. That is only something that can be done supernaturally through the Spirit. Through our repentance and through our faith, we've been saved from the punishment of sin. We've been saved from falling into the, the, the chaos of this world. The world, apart from the Spirit, the world is chaos. It is evil. There's just evil happening all over in our world. What separates Christians from everyone else is we say, we know that through Christ, all things are made new. All things are going to be not just restored, but even recreated. And that is something that is beautiful to think about. But if we're not living that out, our kids are going to say, hey, you're, you're saying this and you're doing that. And, and, and you know, we've talked to, to Micah Marshall, we talked to Kurt Benson in previous episodes about just the how, how kids and in, in Gen Z and our, you know, the coming up generation, they're so observant of these things and they are so easily able to pick apart what you're saying and what you're doing. And if they aren't equal, then, then they're going to see and, and they're going to lose faith in what you're saying. So we'll, we'll continue with that in just a moment. But first, I want to get to our on-air, our on-air sponsor, and that is our Creative Partners Program here at Love Local. So we are looking for creative people who are writers, who are actors, who are producers, filmmakers, musicians. If you are in the creative arts, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, if, if you would love to partner and make content and and get a platform where you can publish your content and, and we can help you with publishing as well, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, we'd love to be able to help you, you know, make a TV series, make a, a short film, make a documentary, make a music video, uh, get a blog out for you. We'd love to be able to help you. So head over to lovelocalpa.com backslash partners, and you can fill out a, a, a partnership form, and we'll get in contact with you and see how we can help you if we'd be a good fit for you. And um, hopefully we can start making some great content uh, for here on Love Local. So that's lovelocalpa.com backslash um, partners. So, okay, um, we only have a few moments left. So just to kind of start tying things up, we need to um, we need to start coming together. This is not a time for us to push apart and and say, "Well, I'm going to do my thing and you're going to do your thing." No, we need to do the Bible thing, and that's a poor way of putting it. But we but we need to stick to the scriptures. We need to stick to what it is that we've been called to do, and that is to love God, love others. And lead them to do the same. You know, so we are to, first of all, find our worth, find our identity in God, not in ourselves, not in our friends, not in our work, not in our 
circumstances, not in anything else, not in a plurality of gods, not in our ancestors, not in any of that. Those are all hopeless, and those are all going to fail us. So we need to first identify that, that God is the one whom we find our identity in. We then need to understand what he has done for us, and that is that he has pulled us as believers out of the darkness and into the light. That is what he has done. And in a different way of saying that, he has saved us from the penalty of death, which is permanent death and and, uh, separation from God. He has brought us into God's presence for an eternal security with him forever in paradise and in heaven and then ultimately the new earth. So, so how are we to respond? We are to respond by sharing that message with other people, living that message out. You know, God is the one who, who saved us. He's the one that came to us. He's the one that loved us. And so we are to go to other people and love other people, care for other people, and have a heart for other people. And so we do that through evangelism, through just anything that we are doing in life. Anything that we do is is mission-based. The mission fits into everything that we do. With our kids, we need to really begin investing in, in them. We need to be able to have these conversations. We ourselves need to be versed. And so that might look like getting together with some other parents and talking through how, how do we explain the gospel? How do we share the gospel? How do we live out the gospel? So that our kids are seeing that we're having these conversations. We're working on how we are to present the gospel and share the gospel. Then we need to pour that into our kids. And, and we need to you know, be able to come together and say, hey, if you see my kid doing something, you can correct them. You know, We need to build this community, this trust, where it's we have strength in numbers, right? And so if we can get more people on board and we can get people to say, we are going to dedicate ourselves to the biblical way of living, who's going to be there with us? I think that's going to be an important thing for us to do. Then we need to, once we have that foundation started, we need to begin going out and being missional. You know, I talked to Laura Ray a few a few weeks ago just about how her family and our family, you know, we've teamed up and and we've taken the gospel to, you know, different uh, people of faith. And that's a, that's a huge thing. That is a great way for our kids to be able to see that and say, all right, so this isn't just a, a thing that we believe and then we keep to ourselves. This is something that we live out. And we, we think that this salvation that, that Christ has given us is so good that we want to take it to other people. I mean, if we truly believe that the good news of the gospel is good news, why wouldn't we want to share it with other people? In our in our Sunday school uh, elective right now, uh, we're going through evangelism, and one of the striking things that I've learned you know, uh, as as we've been teaching through this has just been: if we're not evangelizing, it's because we've lost our mission. It's because we've no longer found the good news to be good. And if we don't believe the good news is good, then we really have no purpose. We have no vision. And so we really need to get back, and we, re- we need to 
slow down in life. Life is so short to begin with in the grand scheme of things. If we're not going to slow down and truly figure out what we believe, instead of just going a million miles an hour trying to get as much done as we possibly can, why don't we just slow down and do the best we can with what we have? Because honestly, the being a, a good husband, being a good father, being a good friend to those around me, that's a full-time job. For moms who are, you know, doing all the different things that they do, all the different thankless things that they do day in and day out, caring for their kids, caring for their husband, caring for their friends, that's a full-time job too. Then you add work, and then you add all the different other things that we try to cram into our lives. We're too busy. I talked to Chris Kansky about that uh, way back in uh, episode four, I think. We're too busy to be on mission. And what happens when we're too busy, we cut corners and we you know, let things slide and we, we don't give it our all. So do we really think that the mission that we're on is worth our full attention? Or is it something that we should just, you know, do what we can because, you know, I got a lot of other stuff going on. And I'm not saying that doing other things is bad. I'm just saying, what is our, what is our identity in? If we care more about how our house looks than providing a good home for people to come over and share the gospel and equip and disciple people and to love our kids, then that's a false idol. If we care more about, you know, attending the event than we are about maybe the conversations on the way to the event where we're figuring out where our friends are and, and how they're how they're working through this life, if we take some of the 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 mentality and some of the focus off of ourselves and what we're dealing with and trying to figure out what our friends and what people around us are dealing with, then we all get a chance to be poured into and be discipled and be pointed back to Christ. You know, as the church, we are being brought together by the Spirit to do the will of God. And just because we're saved doesn't mean that everything that in our life that we struggle with goes away. In fact, in my experience, and, and I would imagine this is the same for a lot of people, during the sanctification process, we more and more realize our need for God. And in a lot of times, that makes us see all of the, the pride and the selfishness and the self-centeredness and the, the, the ugliness that we have inside of us. And if we dwell there too long, it, it, it gets really discouraging, which is why we need people to be able to point us back to the gospel. So we have to go there. We have to go there. Because culture is going to continue putting out movies. Turning Red is not going to be the last thing that comes out. A series on Netflix is not going to be the last thing that comes out. There's, there's going to be more and more, and it's going to seem like it's being produced faster and faster, and it's going to be coming at us quicker and quicker, and it's going to be even more 
crazy and chaotic, and it's going to be even more over the top, and it's going to be even more anti-Christian as we get further and further along. I don't foresee this getting any better. But where we get pushed up against the wall more and more, as we depend more and more on the Spirit to work in our hearts, we're going to see the difference between those that live for the world and those that live for Christ. And if we aren't set apart, if, if people can't tell the difference that you live for Christ and someone else is living for the world, then that's a problem. Because we, if we have a truly new heart, we're going to be able to speak to all of the, the craziness in movies like Turning Red and be able to say, yeah, that's just a story, but, but here's the truth. And we can always come back with the truth because we know it to be God's truth, which is more important than anything else. This is Mission Likeness. Thanks for watching. Follow us on YouTube or Rumble, and we'll see you on the next episode.